The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello everyone, this is Scott. Welcome to this podcast we call Dr. Usher Weighs In, a podcast that will weigh in on a variety of things in medicine and health to better help you. And we bring in Dr. David Usher. Doctor, how's it going? Great, Scott. Thank you to be uh, thanks for uh, having us with you again today. This is um, our opportunity to learn more and to weigh in more about uh, reform medicine and direct pay medicine and how we are different and how we can help people. And um, so we're thrilled to be here. And again, a reminder to everybody, go back and check out all the other great episodes uh, that we already have and more still to come. Uh, we touch on a, a number of, of areas of focus here. And I know uh, today you brought on another guest and uh, going to talk more, maybe not necessarily health wise, but more about the practice itself uh, today with the guest you brought on. And I'll move to the side here and let you two have your conversation. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, joining me today is Diane Peterson. Diane is a um, co-worker, a, really a mentor. I've learned just so much from her. And um, really, after eight years working together, I would call her a good friend. And so uh, she is, I've invited Diane today because she has a very unique perspective on health and health care and how financial well-being might affect people's health and so forth. So I'd like to have Diane uh, talk to us about why she works with us and continues to work with us and uh, and to kind of, I think it's just an interesting story. <laughs> so, um, so without further ado, good morning, Diane. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Usher. Thanks for having me today. She calls me Dr. Usher only on podcasts, by the way. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm fine. Yes, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I know not, speaking into microphones isn't always everybody's forte, and I know you'll do fine. So thank you for coming in. You're, um, as I mentioned, you've been working with us for over eight years. That's yes. really a long time, and mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you have been. Um, when you Can you tell us a little bit about, well, number one, who you are professionally and why it is that we initially started working with you and kind of how that's evolved and and when you think about work and fulfillment in life and so forth why it is that you get up every day and or most days and <laughs> and either troop in here and do your stuff or are working from home doing things for us and, and so forth and just kind of give us that story absolutely yeah well i started down this path of 
many, many years ago, and um, I started my career in a Fortune 500 company, really large uh, company. And after a couple of years in that, um, I wanted something different, and I wanted to start working with smaller businesses. And so I started working with a software medical, uh, medical software uh, development company, um, and I ended up staying with them for about 12 years. And uh, during that time, I started as their controller, and then the second half of my tenure with them, I sat in the CFO seat. Um, so is your your background uh, coming out of college mm-hmm. was what degree? Yes. Yeah, so I have a business administration degree, and I have an accounting minor and a communication minor. So I should be good at this communication stuff. Okay. Very good. <laughs> very well. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So I, I started working with the software company, and I'll come back to that, but in 2007, I call, I call it, I went out on my own and I started my own firm. And because during that time, I saw such a great need for um, the knowledge base that I had gained to help a lot of small companies um, in many different ways. And so I wanted to bring that out to more. And... Um, my tenure with that software company really fanned the sparks of the passion that I developed for healthcare. And it wasn't necessarily the software development part of the healthcare, but it was in that seat I helped develop their benefits program for a growing company. And I saw a lot of opportunities there. And so when I met you in 2013, um, we met through a mutual business acquaintance and I was, um, you were looking for somebody just to help out with finance and accounting. And w- after I met with you for the first time and spent a couple hours chatting through everything, I knew that, um, we had a really great value set match and your authenticity and your, um, your transparency um, is exactly what I look for in potential clients when I'm meeting them for the very first time. And not only that, but your vision of providing healthcare in such a different way really absolutely excited me and wanted me to be part of that and be part of something bigger. Um, And it was such a unique approach to trying to figure out this healthcare situation (laughs) that we have found ourselves in. And um, I knew that my background and my passion, um, I could do a lot more than just accounting for you. And so that's how, (laughs) that's kind of how it started. You wormed your way into here. (laughs) So I did. I wormed my way in. (laughs) So, um, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where, how we, how we started and uh, where it all began back in 2013. Mm-hmm. So as you, as time has gone on, you have kind of gone from uh, just doing the kind of accounting and financial stuff to doing more within the organization. Um, tell me what you're up to uh, and what you do for us. Mm-hmm. 
That's great. Sometimes you do it in... <laughs> And I don't even know you did it. So, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's you know a lot has transpired in the last nine years. So, um, I've yeah, there, that's a loaded question, right? So, um, what do I do? Well, right now I'm essentially sitting in that kind of chief operating officer seat. So I'm overseeing the operations, both the clinical side and the business side of things, and and meshing those two together and making sure that it's running smoothly. Uh, but where it really comes into the value is um, that I provide is just having that global understanding of small businesses and trying to solve that healthcare um, issue, the cost and all those other things. Um, for others. For others. For, for example, if if we had employers that we worked with. Yes. And understanding it from their side and their point of view to be able to bring a solution to them. Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, being, starting my own consulting firm and working with a software company and developing those things brought me to a really unique position to be able to sit across the table and I can represent all sides of the table. I can, I can look at it from the business owner's perspective. I can look at it from the patient perspective as a healthcare consumer. Um, and I can, I can look at it from the HR perspective and um, certainly fi from the financial perspective. And so I feel like that's a really great and unique opportunity to be able to add value to those conversations. And so it's incredibly, um, it's a privilege to sit across the table from these potential employers that are looking at us, um, Reform Medicine, to, um, to provide some type of solution to whatever the problem is that they're, coming to us for and everybody comes with a different uh story and why they end up sitting across the table from us um and that's and for them to share that story is is a privilege um i f i feel that that's a privilege just as in my own firm when i'm working and talking with new uh potential employers um business owners it's a privilege that they're coming to me and wanting to they're looking to me for a solution and they're looking f to build a trusting relationship with me. It's almost like a doctor patient relationship, isn't it? Absolutely. We'll tell you stuff and you go, Whoa, I don't know if I needed to know that, but <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll let that go out the other ear. Yes, that is let very me tell common. You how I can help you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, that is common. They'll tell, they'll tell me things that they won't tell their parish priest that is, what, <laughs> is what I will frequently tell people. And that's okay. That it all stays right. Yep. Right, locked away here. So that's right, and that's how I feel too. It is. A, it's a. It's a. It, that's a very trusted relationship, and, and not I every, take that very seriously. Not every employer comes to you because they have an altruistic desire to give health care to all of their employees. Sometimes they get pushed in that direction by things, mm -hmm. for example, like Obamacare, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's a requirement that they have to do something, and that really by itself that's a that's a painful problem for them as employers. They're it just wasn't their thing, and now all of a sudden it, it had to become their thing. Right. You know, or they grew whatever the, the thing is that they are good at, they grew so big that all of a sudden they met those requirements, and now they're looking for a solution. Right, right. And that is exactly, I mean, that's oftentimes business owners' goals are to grow their company, and but along with that they end up in situations where they have to provide certain, you know, adhere to certain regulations, including Obamacare. 
Um, you know, and when I was with uh, the software company, you know, we were we were a growing company, and uh, and as I mentioned, we were I was kind of tasked with developing a benefits program for them, and you know, that's kind of really where it all that's where it all began, and I just lucked out and got a really forward-thinking benefits uh, consultant. And as a company of like 40 folks at the time, maybe 80 people that we were covering for insurance, um, this gentleman brought some really unique ideas and perspective to the table. And it's really in today's terms, it's called partially self-funding. And um, it was unheard of back then to take such a small company to that to that particular um, program. For most, it would seem the risk was too great. Right, absolutely. Couldn't do that. It's too great. And so um, there were some unique products coming out on the market and that were allowing us to um, kind of mitigate some of that risk. And so we went for it and we did what is kind of this partially self-funded approach. And, you know, I worked really hard with our folks to try and educate them and try to have them be great healthcare consumers. And um, the problem was, is that there was just really no transparency. Um, This is really the only thing that we consume uh, that we don't have any idea what the cost is before we consume it. Even if you ask for the price, (laughs) you have a hard time getting anybody to tell you what it is. Right, exactly. And back then, remember, this is like 20 Plus years ago, back then it was even less. You know, uh, 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 it was like, what? What do you mean? You want you want to know what the price is? <laughs> and so we didn't Nobody have. Nobody ever asks for that. Right, right. And we didn't have all of these uh, things that we now do. And you know, in twenty plus years later, um, to be better healthcare consumers, we didn't have these products. We didn't have reform medicines. Um, a lot of large corporations were. for many many years had been in this kind of self-funded model but and they also had on-site clinics but that was not a thing that could happen with small companies so just as you mentioned there There just weren't enough patients within the employer to be able to have your own clinic right right so then you're just at the mercy of whatever's out there on the economy and billing your insurance and all that stuff right right and, you know, back then we were, the standard was like a 250 or $500 deductible. And um, that was, and it was going up every year. And so to go into this model, you know, we, we were able to kind of maintain that deductible. And it worked. It worked really well for about 10 years. Um, and... You know, but it, the problem was is that our people couldn't be good healthcare consumers, and so uh, because they couldn't see the prices, they couldn't see the prices, and so it was it was really challenging. But it was a it was a great model for us. But that's where my passion comes from. My passion comes from this system is broken. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> we are two hundred and fifty dollars is less than some families' cell phone bills every month. Right, right? So a now two hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Wow, right. that's like 200, nothing. 250 is nothing. But every year we saw, you know, every year, just like what we're seeing now, even still, you know, 20 years later, we're still seeing every year 10% increases and or you're increasing the deductible. Um, so you're cost sharing in different ways. And uh, there's, you know, everybody's looking for unique solutions and trying to figure out. And 
in this economy with the labor market the way that it is, we're employers are trying to figure out how to take care of their people too. And so from a health standpoint, and most often they're looking for health insurance. And when I met you in 2013, I could jump right on the board on board with your vision and go, yeah, this is this is somewhere we can go. And this is a solution that we can bring to the market that actually can affect people's lives and can affect employers and their bottom lines and and the health of their most precious resource. Um, so they're people, people, right? You you mentioned Diane, the most employers are looking for health insurance. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. so when they're having conversations with you and, and us, when we talk about what's possible, what's different between, you know, the standard, we're going to go out and buy some health insurance versus we're going to provide health care for our people. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's vastly different. (laughs) So, um, from the standpoint of health insurance, you know, unfortunately it's become a lot like how we view auto insurance. Um, you know, you never, you always hope you don't have to use it. You don't want to use your, you don't want to have an insurance claim for your car because you know that next year your premiums are going to go up guaranteed. That's just how the auto insurance industry works and any insurance really absolutely and in in healthcare it's the same it's this it's the same we know we're we're <clears throat> insuring and we're and we've gotten to the point where the deductibles are so high and not affordable uh to most americans that they hope they never have to use their insurance because the um the cost is so great and again, going back to, they don't even know what it will cost them if they walk into their doctor's office right. um, or the emergency room or the urgent care or the specialist. And so... Isn't it interesting that under the Obamacare legislation, the idea of just providing a catastrophic plan was completely taboo. And yet over the years, uh, those deductibles have gotten so high that in effect, now everybody has a catastrophic only plan um, plus prevention but um, it really is in the sense of there was a time when people would tell me as a, as the doctor, they'd say, oh, I have really good insurance. They'll pay for that. You know, for every nickel and dime thing that I thought was a good idea, um, people describe their insurance as being good when it paid for everything, mm-hmm. you know, and now with a... Um, the current situation, they're lucky if it'll pay for anything, you know, in the first $7,000 out of pocket kind right. of thing. Yeah, it's it has certainly gotten to that point. And so in essence, you know, as employers who make up a huge majority of who purchases health insurance, um, most people, I think it's like, I don't even know the statistic, but it's like more than 50% of, of people are covered by an employer's health plan. And, and so they're covered by health insurance, but we have seen the increase in medical homelessness. People aren't going to the doctor anymore because they don't know what it costs. And those deductibles are catastrophic. Um, they're really meant for hospitalization and, and big major things because everybody has to fund these um, up to seven, eight, 
$9,000 higher. I mean, I've seen a statistic that says as many as 30% of the people who have employer based insurance are medically homeless because they simply won't take the risk to go into um, any primary care. Really, they don't want to go into any medical setting, but they won't have a primary care doctor because every time they go in, they're they wind up with these monster bills and they just right. don't understand why and mm-hmm. or how to prevent that that kind of thing. Right. They don't want to take that financial risk. Yeah, so they have insurance, but they have no health care. Right. And that so is where we come in. That's that that's is the value that. add, right? <laughs> that is the value add. And uh, it's yeah, I mean, it's a it's an incredible model and the employers that have come on board with us have seen um, and partnered with us have seen uh, great just incredible stories of you know not only from it's not all about the money you know from the business perspective but their health of their employees to be able to have access to primary care and for those beneficiaries to come in here those patients to come in here and not have to be concerned about well, what's the bill going to be like in a month when I receive it? That they know exactly what they're going to pay, if anything, to come in, depending on how the employer has set the plan up with us. Um, they may pay nothing. They right? pay, they, they lab pay and testing and vaccines so and yeah, labs and prescriptions office and office visits. And often it is set up that way that the employers are able to provide that to their, um, to their, employees and those dependents and so people actually start to trust that this is a place that they can come and they can get the care that they need efficiently and effectively and and they don't have to worry about opening that mail up in a month and and surprise (laughs) here's a 700 hundred dollar bill i thought this was yeah right i thought this was free yeah right i thought i was here for a preventive visit and and suddenly i have this four or five hundred or six hundred dollar bill right um but and the and you the employers so you do a lot of our business development you're there you are Mm -hmm. very effectively the interface between uh reform direct our our employer-based thing and solution and um and those employers right and those mm-hmm. employers um some of them are very genuine they'll come right to us and tell us about how you know literally having this plan in place has either saved lives or changed lives changed cultures uh, and that kind of thing yes absolutely we i mean we hear those stories you know and i i again i always you know i often use words honored and privileged, but it's true. I feel so privileged to sit across the table from these employers that have come on board with us and and they share the stories of their culture and their people. Um, we had a group come on a couple of years ago and a smaller group, I think it's less than, um, it's, it's less than a hundred uh, folks. And, um, in their first year they just we sat down with them after their first year and chatted with them and they shared stories of the culture change um the change in their employees with with their own families and their own family units and how the health of their employees had increased significantly they had all kinds of stories of you know sharing 
great um great lunchroom conversations and taking walks and getting healthy together and um we may have gotten a little bit teary with those <laughs> stories. Um, that does happen um, because this is such a life-changing, it's so life-changing for part of for Part of the essence folks. of that mm-hmm. is that um, part of what we do, which is different than most primary care um, uh, providers, is we uh, often integrate our medical weight loss program into yeah. our employer-based programs, right? So... So that's when you say people are changing things about their culture and so on and so forth. Sometimes it grows right out of that. Like all these people decide, holy man, I can get some weight off and get healthier. And yeah. all of a sudden everything changes around the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and in that case, and in, in most of our employers, you know, we're, we're, we're working with about, um, you know, 18, 20 employers mm-hmm. now. And, uh, we, and that is something that we hear a lot. Our medical weight loss program is incredibly successful and, uh, and folks, I guess the folks that are in that program are incredibly successful and it does, it changes. It, it, it has, uh, such an lasting impact on, on the individuals. And that's, those are the people that make up the businesses. <laughs> so when you change that and you get people healthy, it's, um, there's a lot of change that can happen and a lot right of positive. Now, right now we're following about 300 people, mm-hmm. right, per month, I think. Yes, in our medical weight loss, yep. Yeah. And so each one of those has their own little set of cultures that they go out mm-hmm. to, and the science is pretty clear that all you have to do is drop that person in the culture, and they don't need to know anything about this person and their efforts to lose weight, but that whole group around them will lose weight because that person is in their presence Mm -hmm. that without knowing anything it's really amazing data i love that yeah and and we've seen that too for sure you know just people jumping on board with that and it's just it's so incredible to be a part of an actual solution um that changes so many lives not only our patients but our our business owners and and frankly, our own staff. It, we practice very differently here. Our providers have different opportunities. They actually get to have time with patients and take care of them and get to know them. It's kind of back to the 50s, you know, where yeah. you have your you have your primary care and you got your doctor, you got your you got your person, and they'll take care of you. And it's it's life altering. Yeah, medical care isn't just about taking care of people when they get sick here. It's about actually mm-hmm. making them healthier mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um Absolutely. and and now we have our psychiatric nurse practitioner as well. So yes. a whole another avenue for us. Well I um, would like to thank you, Diane, for taking time to come in. Is there any parting shots before we wind up our podcast today? You know, I just wanna say that it's it, back in two thousand thirteen when we met for the first time, you know listening to your vision and um, and seeing your passion just really sparked even more passion in, in myself and in my endeavors to try to figure out this healthcare. And, um, and I'm just, I'm thrilled to, to be part of this and I'm thrilled to work with you every day. And I, it's, I, our employer partners are incredible and I just, feel so passionate about them and and I would be remiss if I didn't mention our own staff and I'm so incredibly passionate about this this model and what we're doing here that 
I just want to thank you for for letting me be a part of this. It's it's a blast. <laughs> so much of it is due to your participation. So thank you very well, much. Thank you. <laughs> thank okay, you. love fest is over, Scott. Yeah. I guess we can call that a day. <laughs>